doing some stuff. Oh, no, I didn't start. I thought you you said you were going to be a minute, so I'm like, well, let's just talk about some decks here for a second. That works for me. I'm ready to go. Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do this, baby. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 192 of This Week in MTG, your exit news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. There's no Danny. There's no Big G. Nope. And we got the guy whose face is made for radio. That's right. Wait, did you say something? No, no, I didn't, didn't get a chance to because you didn't put the notes in right away, so I didn't have a chance. <laughs> I was going to put the Ring Hunter. I think like everybody else yeah, currently. I'm, in the, in the I'm more about realm. like I want a soul ring. I don't really. Yeah. Oh, just any rings in general. Yeah. What if you get yourselves a Rings of Bright Earth? Are you going to be happy with that? I actually did get two of those. Oh, congrats. One of them is Surge Foil. Even better. Yeah. I still want to buy some more collector stuff though, but. Yeah, wait till Friday when I get paid again. We are glad that you decided to join us for this week's episode. So we want to take a moment at the top of the episode to say thank you to you, dear listener, for taking your time out of your busy day to turn on to this podcast, our podcast in particular, and give it a listen. We are honored and uh, excited that you decided to do that. We appreciate your support and your feedback of all kinds, and we want you to know that we are striving to improve and make this podcast the best that it can be. We could not do this without you, and we're grateful for your continued support. So from all of us here at This Week in MTG, even if uh, Big G and Danny are not here, in spirit, they are also saying thank you. And True. we all hope that you continue us, continue with us on this podcasting journey. Yes. Also. <laughs> okay, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also got to give a special thank you to the patrons of this podcast their monetary support goes to hosting the website the podcast feed buying the packs and cards for the giveaways that we do on the patreon giveaways so a ginormous thank you to wade 97 amu the fox noah slade nikki no modifier jacob christian maddie k barra chimera casey b taylor m ricky r chris o and coco and just to mention with coco Got to go check out the Aquarium Guys podcast. Yep. Because uh, uh, Cousin Rob's over there doing great fish discussions. Hells yeah. Hells yeah. If you guys want to be crazy and supporting us too, go check out our Patreon. Links down below. Uh, you get a couple perks, like a s- exclusive Patreon-only Discord channel. It's true. Just got to mention that. And yep. you will get added at some point. We just have to go through the roster. We're still trying to figure out yeah, a bot. Everybody's in. Well, for sure, currently. Yeah. Everybody's in. Currently, everybody is in. That's a Patreon. Yeah, it's on Discord. Uh-huh. There's a couple of Patreons that aren't on Discord. So if you get yeah. on Discord, let me know. Yeah. And we'll get you added in. We'll add you up. Uh, we have two tiers, a $3 tier, $10 tier. $3 gets you put in for monthly drawing for booster packs of a theme. We haven't talked about July. And then also the $10 tier gets you put in for commander cards, a drawing for commander cards that are I, valued between like $15 and $20. I had an idea for July. Ooh, what's that? Well, it's it's Independence, Independence Day, so like... Freedom. For freedom, so like we should always play off of like something that involved like for freedom. I mean, we could do lecture. Technically, we could do Lord of the Rings because technically, you're trying to liberate ourselves from Sauron in that adventure. 
I like that idea. Just some set booster there for that. I like that idea. Commander card wise. Let's see. We'll get like what? Extinction event, decimate. Yeah. <laughs> All those freedom oh, those those freedom empowering cards. Those such freedom empowering heroic intervention for everybody's uh nope, wrong 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 thing there. Why? No, heroic intervention is not about no, no, freedom. No, no, no. You put one heroic intervention in with all those destroy everything cards. Jackal hops. Oh, girl, jackal hops. Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. Damnation. <laughs> Oof, that'd be rough. But yeah, we'll we'll work something out. But I think we have some good ideas for this one. Very much so. Uh, Chapman is saying, "Tell Danny, I'm very unhappy with this. <laughs> unhappy with what part? That he's not here. Danny, Danny. Sooner or later, Danny will be here." Yeah, he might be in the in the old uh, Chatterino. Maybe he hasn't mentioned anything yet. He might be really busy with while well, he's kid event. It's not kid like he was working like last week where he was stuck at work. True. That's a different thing. You got to pass time when you're at work. So that is very true. All right, we'll just continue on. If you're unable to or don't feel like supporting us on Patreon, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. We don't care. Uh, but one thing that you can do to help support us, free, easy, share this with your friends, your rivals, your playgroup. Getting it out there in front of ears helps us a lot. Uh, also, another excellent way of supporting us is by rating and reviewing us on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on right now. Another way to support us, uh, you can go check out our amazing sponsor, JW Sports Cards and Gaming. Speaking of, let's hear an ad from them now. JW Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening? J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. So thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now with all that podcast business out of the way, let's go to this episode's breakdown where you will know how what exactly we're going to be talking about tonight. How the episode goes. There we go. So we're going to go over to the Boggle Desk with Anthony. He'll be telling us Hi. about a Baltimore recap, the Arena Open, uh, Magicon Barcelona, Vegas updates, and a new thing, a really big thing happening in Vegas there. That's like news, like there's going to be that oh, transition. Yeah. There. I figured like it, it's yep. the good transition part from oh, yeah. that to the news. Yeah. Anyways, jumping from there, we're going to be talking about the Ambassador program has been uh, released and announced, uh, an RC for Commander uh, our update has happened, and then Puzzles and Dragons did a crossover again with Magic the Gathering. We're going to talk about the $2 million bounty. We, we're at it again. We're it at keeps, it again. It, what happened? We talked about last week on the episode. Yeah, sorry, uh, a sorry. day or two later, what happens? It goes up again. The, no, it was that night. Like, just as I was posting, oh, up, just as I was posting up the episode, because... The right. people uh, where it came from, they're overseas and they're yeah, time ahead right. of us. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. we'll get there when we get there. Point is, we say one thing and it changes right away. Yeah, they're like, no, nah, we can't have these guys be right. Can't be right for less than a minute. Nope. Through that, we're gonna go to the conjured currency section where we talk about greedy, greedy finance prices and play 
our favorite game. Yay! And I did not read it. Good man. I did not even read the uh, the latest uh, Penny Pinchers article that last week. And I love the Penny Pinchers. Article. I know you do. I know. I know. Then we'll end the podcast. Y'all can be done with us. The 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 two poor schmucks. True. True. So, Anthony, we're at the boggle desk. We're already at the boggle desk. Well, to basically start this off, I only have a minor salt report, which is I did not get a soul ring out of my collector boxes. But I did get a surge foil. Yeah, dude. So how does that look? Oh, it looks fucking awesome. Like, so... So I, I made a so I made an audible because I was like, okay, I'm probably be realistic with myself. Like I said last time, like, I, this is probably the set that I will I will end up buying more collector boxes for. Granted, I'm not gonna get too crazy because like prices are already going up, and uh, I'm gonna probably just get one more box, <laughs> one more. That's it, and then it's gonna be another. Nope, nope. You're not gonna get like that. Nope, the, nope. Because like the problem is, is until this flipping ring gets pulled. The stupid one-on-one ring, like, this is the end of it. Like I said, I just want to get one of the soul rings because I'm going to be real. I'm not pulling the one ring. I don't have that luck. I need just enough luck to get a cool soul ring, and maybe I might get a serialized one because that could pay for some stuff too. Yes. I mean, it'd be nice to just own it for a little bit and then go, okay, it's time to flip it because that's what you got to do. So, like I said, I'm gonna get, I, my plan is to get one more box, and then after that it's going to be probably realistically just – very very holding off on the idea of like maybe buy a pack once in a blue moon type of thing if the one ring hasn't been found uh once the one ring has been found it's more of the wait for prices to drop down and hopefully be a little bit more realistic on picking stuff up because reality for people to remember too is like your uh search foils are a limited count as well we just don't know what those are but you know, to get them would be really nice. What's up? Casey is saying, if the one ring gets pulled in Fargo, I will live my life in regret. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to live in regret. I think that would be amazing because... How funny would it be if the ring was found in the cold tundra of Fargo? <laughs> I think that would be great. I've always said that would be a great thing. I mean, I'd love to pull it. I have some great plans in my ideas if I got one. <laughs> two million? If I got it. You, no, no. You, 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 get, you get a not only the two million, but you're going to get a trip to... A place there. Even better. I'm just going to get graded and auction off. And I'll have that lots more money, and I'll do what I want. Here's a, here's a little tidbit. So I did some I did some research over the weekend before Father's Day full swing hit me Dang. and having to do stuff. So, and this is a side tangent that, thank God Dan's not here. He's flip out about this right now. But reality is this. I was watching. See if he pops I know. Keep watching. <laughs> keep an eye on. Don't let him, don't let him show up. Uh, but I did. So I did some research. And the thing was, uh, I, I did some watching of some youtubers that put some stuff out there i did some stuff watching of pleasant kenobi putting things out there that i sent a video to you guys kind of putting the thing of the i'm not the only one that feels this way about the one-on-one ring like this is like madness but like a big thing he talked about in that video was like what do you do right like and like that's the thing like we could talk about another time but like the idea is like this is not something that if you pull it, it's just a oh I'm gonna take this down and go get it to the PSA blah blah. No, this is what the fuck do you do when you have this two million dollar card in your hand? Because you can't just send it in the post mail. You you got to figure a way to how to get somewhere. Like, do you take the risk on flying it to the place that you're going to? Do you work a a deal out with the people you're trying to sell it to for them to fly you out there? Like, there's a long list of stuff. 
But the thing that he brought up that was a really important thing was there was a baseball card from... God, I can't fucking name the player. The Mickey Mahoney? Yeah, that one. The $12 million. $12.6 million card that sold at auction, which means this card... Could also be that. Yeah. So, so I was when we get we were getting talk. I got that article pulled up of like a okay. bunch of cards. Okay. So, we'll, so we'll tease I'm gonna tease that part of it. So listen, moving listen on with it, like, like I said, we got this shit is to talk about. This is the thing that like uh, I did a lot of the research on it, and like I just like I really I want to believe like Charlie. I want to believe. I want to believe Charlie could pull it, you know. But like the reality tells me it's not going to be that way. So like for myself, it's like. I I just want a soul ring. Like, I want to just get something. But that's what I'm telling people, too, though. Like, when the prices drop back to normality, because that was a, another big thing, was another YouTuber I watched called 8th Place Dave. He made an explanation on, like, as of right now, like, he showed off, like, a box he bought for, like, $421 for U.S. And he said, like, you know, I made, like, $230 in value on my stuff. And that's with, like, five out of the top six cards you want to pull from the set. And then also, uh, five out of the uh, five out of the uh, top five realms and relics box toppers of foil, non foil, and surges that you want to pull, added to that price. And he only made that much. And it's like the whole idea that people like these boxes. No matter what you do, if you buy one or you and you don't, I mean, if you don't, you're saving yourself some money. Cool. But I mean, if you really want to buy this though, like you're never gonna break even. Like even me pulling that one surge foil. That box alone was the only box that I probably broke even on or even went a little above the price of the value. But I still have two other boxes that I didn't even come close because there's just no reality of where that is. So, like, my thing I'd say is for people that to realize that you should, if you want it, you should definitely, uh, for singles, go after these box toppers. And then if you want to buy... A collector booster box like wait till after the dip happens from the one ring getting pulled and that's when you should do it for like the surge foils and the soul rings like that's i mean we'll see more normality come back like i bet not like i'm for sure in this but i bet bet more than i would realize in it that the price will probably drop back down to the 250 to 300 range which is much more affordable to buy for a collector booster especially with what's in there still so i would say that's what it is Granted, like I said, this is a side tangent. I don't need to go on any more about it. Uh, so we need to continue because we're already behind because of my ass. My bad. But at, at least you can acknowledge this. Danny, you should be proud of me. You Anthony. should be proud of me. But that's so that was my thing for the weekend. And otherwise, Father's Day weekend, phenomenal. I assume Matt had a great, awesome Father's Day. Yeah, it was pretty chill. We went to, it was also uh, National Picnic Day. So we went out and had that a was picnic. on Sunday, right? Yes. Was National Picnic? Yeah. Nice. Also, fun fact as well my wife, she got this uh, calendar thing that lets you know like what day each day is. Saturday, Global Garbage Man Day. Did you see that we had those Garbage Man uh, deck boxes we found for you? I did. We got to find some of those for you. I need some of those. You need that in your life. I do. This thing is amazing. You need that. So, anywho, that's the only salt report I have is just. Kind of the sadness of what it is. You're just a broke motherfucker that just wants to keep buying cardboard crack. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I love. Lord the- I really love Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> this is a problem. But like I told you last time in the last episode, the Commander Master stuff coming. I'm not too concerned about that because the only thing I'm worried about that I want them to make sure they do is besides the reprinting Jill Lois that we know they're doing. Yes. Those motherfuckers better re- be reprinting Mana Crypt again at high amounts of volume because. 
God damn it. I'm tired of seeing these Mana Crypts at $250 all the time. Mana Crypts are too damn high. These, these Mana Crypts are too damn high. That's my opinion. Otherwise, I just want the Commander decks. I don't want to give a fuck less about the other cards. What we all do is we just say, fuck Mana Crypts and fuck Soul Rings and don't play any of that shit. No, we'll play Soul Rings, though. No. Everybody gets Soul Rings nowadays. Soul That's rings fine. suck. I like Soul Ring. Worst card ever. <laughs> but they made him an Elvish and cool pictures i know and they they wasted their listen listen the one that's in the commander decks looks pretty sick so if you haven't looked at that art you better check that out it looks like a butthole you're a fucking butthole (laughs) all right we're moving on so we're (laughs) going to talk about this our our recq the recq so why is it called the recq so it's for regionals that lead to dream hack all right. I, I mean, I'll believe so it. I just it was says, wondering why it's like called that. The uh, the R-E-C-Q, R-E-C-Q, modern yeah. events are open entry five rounds, single elimination where participants play for prize wall tickets and undefeated players qualify for the regional championships. I mean, Dream I was Hack. just hoping it was a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. That's all I, was I mean, maybe for. they get that as well, too. I don't necessarily, I mean, that's it. You know? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, on the bright side is, it was modern, so that's awesome. We've talked about modern a little bit, yeah, like mo- different of modern. We've been talking a lot about Pioneer, which is okay. A lot of Pioneer. A lot of Pioneer. Pioneer is good, though. It's pre- a, it's getting to be a good place to be playing. So pre pre uh, show, uh, Casey and I in the in the chat there, yeah. we were talking about uh, the discontinuity deck. Oh, the one I brought up from last week. Yeah. Okay, it was last. Was it? Did, yeah. Did it come I, up in cause the? Because I I I, I, uh, I I checked the Azari's control deck in that top eight, and it wasn't that. Because oh, so it was an actual boggle desk last week. For some reason I was thinking yeah. it was like something that was brought up in the weekly. Winners. No, I brought I brought it up because okay. I knew we talked about it. So. I brought it up because I wanted to know because I had watched a YouTube video. Of course, on the like, once again, I'm watching my I'm doing my homework all the time without knowing it. I watched a video about that deck on the weekend, and then of course on that Sunday before Monday rolled around, I faced against one in uh, Explorer that was a build off design for it, which they did a good job with it. They and almost then, got all the cards for Explorer in there. Pretty so, close, yeah. yeah. Pretty close to everything. And I think they're just there's just missing. I don't think Settle the Wreckage is there yet. Yeah, I think some. It's just like I said, it's missing like a few pieces. Nothing major and nothing important that you can't play the deck. So yeah. if you want to play it, you should try it out. It's really fucking cool. Uh, but that's why I brought it up. So yes, that deck is Totes and Totes Magoots. I think because I am pretty sure I own all the pieces in real life, I should probably play it. Because I randomly own things for no reason. Casey says he's going to have his his version of it have four four shark typhoons because that's uh, what did he say specifically? Uh, because that card is so fun. I mean, yeah, I I could see that. I love shark typhoon. I would rather do more like other silliness and stuff with it, like days do of doing or do something. You not want fucking flying sharks, sir? I mean, they'll be in there. They're not like key pieces. I need to have and to he's win. Need to keep his pieces. Key pieces. Key pieces. Key pieces. Key Kipasa. They're Kipasa. fucking flying ass sharks eating your ass, like a I soul ring. Think they're eating my ass. I mean, try them. If, if they were, they'd be getting some stanky ass farts in the face. I think they can live with that because at the same time, <laughs> they're washing your ass. So you should be thankful to them. Thank you for washing my ass, shark flying creatures. No, I pass. All right, so <laughs> we're talking about some modern. <laughs> oh my god, we didn't even get to that. Okay. I know. This is why. This is why we have Matt, or this is why Matt, we have Danny and Garrett keep us in line and tell us to shut the fuck up. Hey, we were great. We were great last week. I mean, we still did a great time. Yeah, so hour and a half. 
let's uh let's try to beat that record this time how far are we in right now 23 minutes we got this okay so at the risiku as i'm gonna say <laughs> dude i just love that risiku it is anyways um we had our top eight. First place was team of rhinos by james judlick second place was just guy prowess which that has a weird coloration on the side there moving on uh your top four three and four spots was is it murktide and living end which is cool to see living ends coming back and then your top spots between four through eight or sorry five through eight uh you had in order mono green tron five color and download creativity isn't murktide and finishing it off with some burn matt is there anything of these decks you'd like to talk about because you'll be faster at clicking open than my phone I, indeed I will. So with the uh, Jeskai prowess deck there, it's just Jeskai because of the sideboard cards and it's only that, that green spell that was making it green is, of course, mutagenic growth. Other yeah, than that, the deck looks... It's doing the underworld breach uh, thing there that you can do with mutagenic growth. Oh, just kind of get some spell replaying and yeah. get nuts and stuff. Yep, yep. And that's the, the gist of the Jeskai prowess Swiss deck. Spear, Soul Scar... Okay, opting, so opting in for Sprite Dragons. Essentially, is it proud? So, what's the white stuff that we're getting on the sideboard here? Uh, prismatic ending and, uh, yeah, prismatic end and path yeah. to exile. <sighs> no, two, two split. no monastery mentor, you know? I mean, we're not in legacy, and that's still a thing that doesn't show up a lot now. I'm just saying. You get an army, it's cool stuff. It is. We should check out that Living End deck, though. You want to see the Living Yeah, because normally you don't... Living End doesn't... It doesn't pop up a lot. Living End usually gets slammed pretty hard, you know? Yeah, but, like, all it takes is, like, one event to where, like, they're not metagaming against, like, the graveyard. And the deck is, like, I don't know, the exact same that you see. uh... It's stock. Yeah, looks like Archetype of Wills. uh, Archetype of Will. Charlotte's Agents, your main key. Violent Outburst. They They are pushed more into the... Charlotte's agent violent outburst builds now. I was talking with somebody about that and like, what was the other thing? Just ardent plea? No, the oh, fucking Christ. I'm trying to remember what it was. Like for a long time, like they didn't run violent outburst, and I always was like, why would you run violent outburst? It's not that hard to go was this, from. Was this pre like cascade being cascade? Awesomeness? No, this was like because for back long... when Living End had a kind of weird set where like they wanted to play in some different color formats instead of like. Oh, if you're playing Cascade, oh. just play on Altverse. It's like, are you saying they, before the Shard of the Sage and stuff? Then, no, no, no. They, they. So, so Living End went through like kind of this weird, like turmoil piece where they wanted to be very salty, and I don't remember what the big deal about having to be salty was. Like, I, I just, I didn't care. I thought all the whole time I was like, why would you not play a Van Altverse? I mean, Grant, don't be wrong. They finally have now switched to this ideal package of. You play Violent Outburst and you play Charlotte's Agent because those are your two cards. Just like if you're playing Team of Rhinos, you play Violent Outburst and then you have one or two of something else that help you do stuff. Like, who fucking cares? Like, Violent Outburst is the card you play. It's also the problem because it's a thing that's just too too fast. But, like, we're getting some better cards that say if you don't spend mana, you don't get to play them then or whatever. I mean, that's okay. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, it's they only kind of just accepted that. I think the big thing for Living End to move forward with, like as long as Violent Outburst doesn't get banned, the big thing to look forward to is uh, the new Lord of the Rings set is that they should take a look into the Oliphant, the mountain cycling one. Because, I mean, 
you just have to have like one or two of those in there and, and then you can ma- chuck it's not, it. It's not mountain, like basic mountains. Nope, it's, it's any just... mountain, which means if you want to get yourself a triome or new competitive triome, as I'd say what they are, the, the tricycle lands, they're just, that's the word I'm looking for, tricycle lands. If you just want to get one of those that has red in it, like you can do it. So who cares? And then you can cast your violent outbursts. Yeah. You get yourself a Ketra, a Ketra triome, which is the teamer colored one. So there you go. Then you're always casting the Blah. Words are hard. I know words are so tough, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know. Otherwise, everything else is pretty well stocked. I don't think there's anything in this. I don't list think that. Of, yeah, this deck has not changed in the past like three years. Like I said, the only thing I can tell you for a fact that has changed is they finally started using violent outbursts more heavily. I thought it was just because, like, when uh, Shard of the Sage got printed in modern, they're like, oh, well, let's go all in on the, the cascade bit there. I don't know. Like I said, I I don't know. You just just trust me. Go back and look at some decks from the past, uh, in the past like year. Like you'll see some ones that don't have the old uh, V burst in there. Fair. V burst to roaster. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm guessing you have your pretty standard set uh, team of rhinos. A single become immense in the main board. Ooh, just spicy. To, just to like be pushing through that damage, making a 10-10 trampler, you know, to kind of go against um, opposing, oh, what's the creativity that they drop? Um, Archon. Yeah. You know, kind of go over an Archon, maybe. Go over an Archon. Well, get the beat the face so you can get them dead right away. I don't know. I mean, they're fine. Archon is Archon. Yeah. Archon's a problem. Archon's a problem. But yeah, anyways. Uh, that's basically the decks. Your archetype breakdown is a Murktide fifteen percent, four color creativity thirteen percent. Burn was eight, living end six, but that's pretty high. Hammer was six, none in the top eight. None in the top eight. That's yeah, that's kind of interesting. I wonder, I wonder why. Four color Omnath at six. That's pretty normal. Teamer Cascade six. Mono Green Tron five, which that's pretty good since that has one in the top eight. Uh, Jeskai Breach. There's Mill, Yogmoth, Evolution. That's the new name now they're calling, huh? Is that what they're calling it? Oh, I don't know. Eldritch I thought it was Yogmoth, Eldritch Evolution. They're just kind of like making a longer name. Out. I don't know. I thought right. there was a different name for it that wasn't like that. Uh, 3%. Domain Agro, Racto Scam, Jun Cascade. Jun Cascade? I wonder what that's all about. Amulet Titan at 3%. Uh, Esper Reanimator at 2%. Shapeshifters. Oh, a shapeshifters deck. Well, looky, looky. That's at a uh, percent as well. Four color control, two percent merfolk, four color cascade, white weenie and humans, jun scam, infect elementals, eight cast affinity. Is it spells all the two cast or two percent markers? I'll give you a couple minutes to for us to talk about one of the two decks: the change, the shapeshifters, or the jund. I feel like the shapeshifters. I want to know more. Want to know more about that? I feel like the Jund is probably just some like dopey, weird like mixture of Cascade into cheap stuff. So I want to know more about the shapeshifters and see what they're really doing. Indeed, we will. Uh, well, you get that pulled up. I'm going to list off the top four cards, of course, which are Lightning Bolt, Steam Vents, Boseju Who Endures, and Scully Tarn for this tournament. Wow, that's kind of cool to see that there's a Lightning Bolt and... Four or three lands are the most played cards of this tournament. That's an interesting thing. Oh boy, that's kind of cool. So, tell me about the shapeshifter deck. Okay, so this is going to be the uh, the new hotness that Casey recommends because this deck looks spicy. 
Is that what I see it in there? Scourge of Alicus, single. Four Magda, Brazen Outlaws. One Masked Vandal. Four Imperial Recruiters. Four Unsettled Mariners. Four Moth Dust Changeling. Some of these cards we'll have to read. I'll read that Moth Dust Changeling. I don't need to read any of them. I know exactly what's going on right now. I saw three of the cards. Three Spellskite and three uh, Universal Autonomatons. There's a single Clock of Omens. (laughs) Yep. Four Aether Vials. Three Springleaf Drums and Shadow Spear. Two Apostles' Blessings, four Urza's Saga, and four Grist the Hunger Tides. 17 lands in this build. So um, I'm going to be honest. The Grist throws me off. I understand why Grist is in there because all the shapeshifters, the changelings mechanic. But what I do see. What I do see. Yeah, you can. What I do see, though, is what I know to be a combo that exists inside of Commander and Pioneer is an offshoot thing, which is your Magda plus the Clock of Omens yep. combo. So I am happy to see that this is actually a thing in a modern deck. And it got somewhere in the top 71 or 84. Like It's an 84-player tournament, and so yeah. it made it in there. I don't know if it made it in the top 16 or the top 32, but it's on there somewhere. This list looks intense. Yeah, just for that combo there, the four you're just making a bunch of artifacts, and like the fact that you can at the end just flash in uh, or get a scourge of Falcus. Doesn't it tell you at the top of the deck list of what where its place is at? No, top one eighty two or one twenty eight. Hey, there you go. See, so it does tell you. But the point is, yeah, you you do all this crazy shenanigans with your dwarf stuff, and then you go ham with some dragon power. So I mean, <laughs> this is. This is fucking totes, dude. They got portals of Phyrexia in the side. They got Soul Guy Lantern in the side. Aether Sworn Canonist in the side. I like a this lot deck. of a lot of singles of that you can like tutor with Magda because Magna gets you yeah. dragons or artifacts. Dragons or artifacts, baby. I I appreciate this deck a lot. I like, I love 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 this build. This I love looks... this design because the the other part of the combo is too. Where's the what's the treasure? Where's the treasure making thing? Magda. No, no, no. Well, Magda's a part of it, but there's like. Some so you have clock of omens, yes, and then it's tap. What's just read clock for me quick because I can't apostles. No, no, clock of omens. Just read oh, it clock out. of what omens. Tap two untapped artifacts. You control untapped target artifact. So then you have, uh, so you have universal automaton. Yep, that's the other key piece. It's a one mana. It's an artifact. Artifact creature yep. changeling, yep. which is most or shapeshifter, which is most important. So basically, the whole idea is you get. You basically all you have to do is get one of those in play, tap that, and Magna. You make a treasure off of both of them, and then you they, have to. They well, each make a treasure, so you got they, two treasures. You get two treasures. So then, after that, what you end up doing is you take one treasure, or how's it go? You got it's, it's a it's a it's a scenario that you tap. Um, you're tapping one treasure, and you're tapping the automaton. And you're untapping the automaton with the ability of the clock. And you just keep doing that and make infinite treasures. And that's how you get your Magna. Because you, all you have to do is for her ability is sacrifice five treasures and get yourself an artifact or a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So in some way, you have to have like those three cards in play and initially just get, uh, get yourself two artifacts to start it. I mean, it's not... Which, which realistically, because clock says you just tap two artifacts, right? Yeah. Two artifacts. So you tap... Oh, that's what it is. You, it, tap, you, you tap the clock and you tap the automaton. The automaton makes a treasure. Untap the automaton with the ability, and then you 
once again, tap the treasure, tap the atomic, untap time, automaton, and there you go. That's the combo. Those three cards. So, anyways, but yeah, that's where it's you get that. You get all your changelings into play. Do your shenanigans of what it is, and then Velkus is, uh, what's Scourge of Velkus again? He's all the when it or another dragon ETBs, it deals X damage to a creature or player where X is the number of dragons you control. So basically you get him into play first, and then you change them, change them, change them, change them, change them, change them, and kill them. I wonder why you don't do um, Terror of the Peaks. Well, like that, that Terror of the dragons Peaks only counts their power. So yeah. Terror of the Peaks only counts Scur- power of dragons. There we go. There this we go. is counting the total, which yes. is much more important. Agreed. Because how many changelings are in the deck? Uh, there are uh, one... Uh, five, nine, uh, twelve. Twelve dragons. Twelve dragons in the deck. Yeah. Uh, thirteen, including scourge. So thirteen dragons. Yep. Yeah, I mean it gets there. I mean, realistically too, like you're not having to worry about crazy amounts of life because modern is usually your standard starting of life is seventeen anyway. So this has no fetch lands in it. Just saying. Well, you don't need fetch lands. You have four cavernous souls. Four reflecting pools, four secluded courtyards, three mana confluences, a single steam vents, and two mutavolts. Well, there's two Mut- more changelings. Two more. Yeah, that's true. So you just activate those and leave them the way they are. Yeah. Cool deck. I, I'm really, like I said, I love the. We need to save this deck, I think, somewhere for oh, ourselves. It's, it's saved now. Good. Uh, but yeah, this is one that is definitely a interesting deck. Glad to see they did that. Um, we're going to continue on. Yeah, we're at, three, we're at 36 minutes. I know, but I'm going to let you know. You need to go through and look through the, the roster of decks uh, from the top listing on your own time. But I did see there was an Azorius Infect one in there. So I did look at that. It was labeled wrong. It's um, it's just normal Infect. Because when I saw it, I'm like, oh, are they just naming Hammer Azorius Infect? It's just normal Infect. They just got it labeled wrong. I know. I was sad about that. But too. is it a blue white Infect deck? No, it's green black those fuck faces i know ah, whatever i'm leaving this and going back to the articles anyways so that was the tournament for that which was a good tournament i wish we had some coverage on that stuff but matt why don't you tell us about some upcoming events okay so just like the terminator and the mcrib they will always be back so will the arena open that's right the arena open is returning july 1st through the 2nd with your chance to walk away with two thousand dollars in cash by playing either sealed or draft of lord of the rings tales of middle earth day one july 1st will be the lord of the rings tales of middle earth sealed best of one or best of three starting at 6 a.m pacific time and costing 25k in gold or 5k in gems upon entering you will be rewarded with the dragon horde sleeve on arena which honestly is a super badass looking sleeve have you seen it no it's very metallic-y and let's see so what you're telling me is i need to waste some gems to get a sleeve yeah it's worth it i'd say Fuck, I guess. If you choose best of one, you have until seven wins or three losses to be rewarded with gems according to your wins. And if you get the full Monty of seven wins, you'll also get the coveted day two invitation token. If you choose best of three, you have until four wins or one loss to get the gems. And then going the four wins will get you the day two token as well. Remember, you can enter as many times as you want on day one as long as you pay the gold or gems for the entry. Speaking of day two, the format is Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth draft. For the first draft, there are two drafts, how they've been doing this when it comes to the limited arena open. So the first draft, you have to enter between 6 and 8 a.m. on Sunday, July 2nd, and we'll have until 12 that day to complete four matches. What time? 
What time? 6 to 8 a.m. Pacific. Specifically Pacific? Specifically Pacific. Because Garrett's not here. He'd be honest about this. We he don't see it. He would be honest. So remember, it's that time. Specifically Pacific, Sunday, July 2nd, and we'll have until 12 p.m. Specifically Pacific that day to complete the four matches. Within those matches, if you go 3-1 or 4-0, you'll get the Draft 2 token. So Draft 2, best of three only. The window to entry is between 12 and 2 p.m. Pacifically Pacific and would have until and you'll have until 6 p.m. Pacifically Pacific to get your games in. Going 4-0 yields that coveted $2,000 cash prize plus an August qualifier weekend invite. 3-1 gets you 1K and the invite. 2-2 two two gets you $500 and the invite. Full terms and conditions can be found in the links below. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think, uh, like Matt said, if you want that cool sleeve, you better uh, pony up some gems or gold for it. Or no, it it's just gems to get in, right? Gems or gold. 25K in gold or 5K in gems. I have a lot of playing to do for those gold. <laughs> for that gold, baby. No. It, I don't know. We'll see what I think about it. I'll look at the card and check it out. But uh, oh, now you're going to show me this card. <laughs> It's pretty cool. I'll admit, it's pretty cool. I don't know if it's cool enough for me to waste some gems and not win anything, but... I mean, uh, that's how magic works. You I, spend money to get cool things and never win. I know. I'll think about that, I guess. Boo and hiss. Boo and hiss. Uh, MagicCon Barcelona. I feel like we talked a lot about it last week, so if you want to know all about it, check out last week's podcast, because it's going on. The only thing I have to say is we're going to give you that... Good old countdown timer for it, which right now we're at 38 days, 13 hours, 14 minutes, and 9 seconds until it goes down. So, uh, yeah, like I said before, keep uh, keep an eye on it. If you're wanting to go, you can go. You should go. If you can't, wait till the next one. Uh, Otherwise, we're moving on to the next part. We have Vegas. What's Vegas bringing us, Matt? Uh, Vegas... As we mentioned last week, it's been announced. It's going to be September 2nd through the 24th at the Las Vegas Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. They got all their tickets and stuff going on. The World Championships will be going. There will be command zone, free play areas, the whole the whole nine yards are we, plus. Are we going to this one then? Are we going to this one? Are we going to this one? Are we going to this one? I don't know. I think we'll have to talk about this afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a group effort again. I think so. Oh, uh, okay. They're doing something new with this one. Which is kind of spicy, and mm. if you're a limited player, if you're yes. if you're playing the arena open for limited, and you yes. like limited, do we got some news for you? Yes, we do. Introducing, introducing the hundred k limited open at MagicCon Las Vegas. Fans of a large open field limited tournaments with a six figure prize pools should start preparing. Something grand is coming your way at MagicCon Las Vegas on September twenty second to the twenty fourth. Uh, Las Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas 100K Limited Open is new, massive competitive event with a prize pool of yes, a hundred thousand dollars, as well at least eight invites to the first Pro Tour of 24, which that's a big deal. Uh, first prize walks away with a cool twenty thousand dollars, just just a cool 20k, no big deal. That is ten times more money that you'd make than on the Arena <laughs> Open. That is very true, which means people should probably consider this a little bit more. <laughs> Uh, the Pro Tour invite and some serious bragging rights. Uh, the multi-day event will feature eight rounds of Wilds of Eldraine sealed on day one, two three-round Wilds of Eldraine draft on day two, 
and a wild single elimination wilds of Eldraine draft in the top eight on Sunday. The tournament will have a limit of 2,000 players. All the players who finish with a 36 match point or higher will earn a Pro Tour invite. Prizes will be awarded down to 120th place. Uh, and we can see the prize breakdown below here in a second. All participants must have badges for MagicCon Las Vegas Friday and Saturday. Top eight competitors will be given a Sunday badge if you do not already have one. And the pay entry fee of $160 for the event. There are only 2,000 slots available, so make sure you sign up as soon as you purchase your badge. Check out the event details below now. Anyways, it's in the article there for that. Uh, but yes, the breakdown, we have the entry fee is $106 for every participant Friday through Saturday. Uh, total prize pool we talked about. Additional prizes are the minimum eight invitations to the first Pro Tour in 24. All players with 36 points or better, of course. Your match records have to be a 12 or twelve and 2 or better. Uh, earning of top eight finish, whichever is greater, receive Pro Tour invite. Invites will not be passed down is a big thing. Uh, we talked about the formats for day one, day two, and day three. And here is the prize breakdown of what you get from first down to 128th. So first gets 20K, second place gets 10K, three through four get five, five through eight get 2,500, nine through 16 gets 1,000, 17 through 24 gets 750, 25 through 32 get 500, 33 through 64 is 400, 65 through 128 is 300, which honestly... You almost double your money. You you just... It's fine if you get even in that bottom bracket. Like you're making something back at least. It's not like you're and walking you get away a cool experience. Yeah, you get a really cool experience, and you're walking away with something in your pocket at least. Now, if you're not in the top 128, I'm sorry, you're not good enough. That's how that works. <laughs> oh wow! Do we have a book to sell you? <laughs> yeah. Do we know somebody that has a three-part book that could sell you something and help you get even better? Stick, Check it out on stick, Amazon. Stick tuned. We'll tell you about that. Yeah. We should get that published, actually. Anyways, um, no, that's this is flipping sweet. I'm so happy they're doing this. Um, it's a cool perk to add on. Like, yeah. were, this was this was announced on last week's weekly MTG stream, and it's big hype. That's a big purse that they're bringing. You know that that prize pool. They is, got a purse. Well, they got a purse. They got a purse. That whole it's all a that satchel, money. sir. A satchel. It's a lot of fucking money. Hundred k. Hundred k. I know it's 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 exciting. I'm I'm happy to see it. I love it, um, and it also gives like you said, limited players something to rejoice about because normally you don't get a lot of that. So, um, but yeah, you want to tell us about this ambassador program quick? Yes. So the Magic the Gathering Ambassadors Program or MTG Ambassadors are creators in the Magic the Gathering community. Their content comes in many different forms and speaks to different parts of the game we all love. MTG Ambassadors work with Wizards of the Coast creator team to share excitement over upcoming sets and events. They embody the limitless passion, inspiration, and excitement that our game has to offer. No, we are not part of this. Sorry to say. No. We are not excited enough or inspirational enough for them to to. I mean, we can get pretty excited about stuff. We can. So and we can enjoy things. I just uh, I don't think they want us. So the MTG yeah. Ambassador Program and uh, what it is is it provides content creators additional tools to create content, magic content. Ambassadors receive set information and a variety of cards from each set before 
for debut day in order to prepare thoughtful, informative content for their audiences. They're beacons of kindness, creativity, and inclusivity and stuff. So essentially, they're getting their hands on this stuff prior. Like, imagine what the command zone does for yeah. their game nights. Like, they get their stuff on on the products before, make some content, that comes out. So there's going to be more direct lines for stuff like that with this MTG Ambassadors program is yeah. what it's sounding. So people are selected in a various, uh, because of their varied content creation styles, backgrounds, and platforms. They took extra care in evaluating processes to address potential biases that may exclude marginalized or underrepresented groups and invited creators for whom magic is their singular passion or one of many. The program includes creators of all sizes and levels of notoriety. Select creators who already are meeting the frequency of Magic the Gathering content were requested to ensure that we will be able to deliver on our promises for the program. We currently limited the ambassadors to North America. As the program grows, we'll be looking to add ambassadors in other regions as well. Above all else, these creators were selected for their passion for content creating. And so uh, if a content creator gets selected, what are some things that happen there? Aside from getting access to cards and sets prior, yeah. you'll be, they'll be receiving exclusive ambassador swag. Creators are given products from every set, uh, arena benefits, and MagicCon badges. Moreover, these creators will create impactful content with insight directly from Wizards of the Coast. So remember that whole Streets of New Capenna boxes that a lot of content yeah. creators were showcasing and stuff? Imagine that shit. Mm. Those creators are going to be getting a lot of that. So what do we got to do to get this? Do we need more boggly? Is that the creature type we got to go by? Or should we be some shapeshifters? I mean, a, a shapeshifter is a boggle. Hey. <laughs> I feel like if we're shapeshifters, if we figure out how to become shapeshifters and have that change mechanic added to us, I feel like we could be very inclusive for everybody. Yeah, I'm all for this. I think so. Or maybe it wouldn't be that good because then we'd be like the Terminator from Terminator 2, the liquid metal dude. Uh, Watsi has stated that right now, like the 2023 roster is kind of yeah. filled up and stuff, and, but they are, they, they're not, it's, it's an invite system for the 2023 year. Yeah. In 2024, they're going to be looking to have people apply for that. Ooh. And maybe, I guess, we can try to do that. Be like, hey, you want some, uh, you want some, some schmucks, schmucks from, from Fargo, North Dakota? <laughs> yeah. We're just some cool guys. We might swear a little bit, and we're, we're cool though. We love the game. We love this game. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we should apply if we can, but yeah, and that that's that's a little side note. But overall, you're gonna see more magic creators, and I think the whole shtick of it is is like you know people that were getting like preview cards. You yeah, know, they're, they're they're like pretty... I want to get a preview card, but all they did was like just posted a tweet or a picture somewhere and didn't like listen, make dog, anything. Trust me, if we for the I think we've talked for about the ethos this. out there of anyone in the high levels of magic community. We would not be just posting a tweet on it. We would probably spend an but, entire episode about it. But people do that. I know. Stuff. And that's I think silly. that's one of the things where this MTG creator space is like Wizards wants to put you know effort into people that are going to be making content and, and actually put effort in for their game. Though, arguably, I mean, it doesn't say anything about a paycheck. They're getting cool perks. <laughs> we don't need a paycheck for this. Yeah. I want the cool perks anyways. I mean, I would argue people who have content creation as their livelihood would probably be a little uh, contrary to that. Well, know? too bad for us that don't get a paycheck <laughs> for this and just do it out of the kindness of our hearts because we love this game so much. I feel like we represent half of what they want. Hit us up, Watsy. <laughs> Watsy, <laughs> we represent us. half of us, half of it at least. Invite us. Invite us, please. We love you still. Uh, but yeah, no, I, this is cool. I think this is really awesome. So 
Uh, on the next bit. Yeah, another oh. cool, awesome bit, I guess. Come on, phone. Okay, there we go. It popped back up. We're okay. Professional podcaster over here. I know. I just had a rough okay, night. I'm sorry. Last week, you had your computer. You're all ready. Yeah. This week, not ready. Fucking check it out. Show notes weren't given to me on Sunday like normal. Uh, I woke up late this morning, so I forgot my computer when I got to work. I realized, I was like, fuck, it's already not in my back, back of my truck, so fuck this. And then, of course, I get out of work late because we get bombarded with bullshit. Because our system decided to hold a hundred and some order tickets and not give them out right away. I'm, I'm like, it's uh, it's five o'clock. Why why all of a sudden are we getting all these tickets to build together, man? Holy shit! <laughs> well, shit happens. It just says bombarded but, by shit. Bombarded. Not even a goblin bombardment. It was a shit bombardment. As we all know, Magic the Gathering is a card game based on the format of Commander. The new set that comes out always are jam-packed with cards for the Commander format. Watsy sure does love giving all the cards their only format. That matters. All joking aside today, June 19th, (laughs) the Commander Rules Committee released their quarterly update for the state of the format. It goes as such. Cards, no changes. Rules. The ring tempts you. This is a new mechanic that on the surface looks like a lot of venturing into the dungeon. In the past, we've had to make changes to Rule 10, cards from outside the game, to accommodate these mechanics. Unlike Dungeons and Dragons, you missed a piece in there, buddy. What? Or so No, unlike Dungeons. I, my brain. Sorry. <laughs> I'm fried. My, I'm really you tired. You are fried. Holy fuck. Sorry. Unlike the Dungeon cards and the mechanic that is... Um, this mechanic is tracked on an emblem, which actually that's really exciting too. The rules today already accommodate emblems, so no changes are necessary for this function as it does in other formats. General commentary. We've been following the community's discussion and concerns surrounding Orcish Bowmasters. What? It's such a good card. Why? And to the lesser extent, Merkwood Bats. Oh, seriously, what is going on with these two cards? They're so scary. Are you going to tell me at the end of this thing? Yes. Okay, good. With the help of Commander Advisory Group, we'll be observing how and if those discussions change over time as people play and play against these cards. We've also seen a ton of excitement. The idea of fully fleshed out set with a deep lore really closely aligns with our goals in managing the format. In this set, Wizards has delivered a ton of tools to players who want to tell stories through their deck building and gameplay. a property Jesus as Christ. deep as Lord of the I know I'm you almost so, died there. I almost died. The bird almost caught me off guard. A property as deep as Lord of the Rings has a ton of stories to tell. We'll be back with our next update on August twenty eighth in the advance of Wilds of Eldraine. Okay, Matt, I need to know why are people getting upset about Orcish Bowmasters and Mirkwood Bats? All right, we'll start a, with... a rare and a fucking common. Okay, we'll start off with the Mirkwood Bats here. So for yeah. those that don't know, Black 3, 2-3 two, three, Bat, Flying. Whenever you create or sacrifice a token, each opponent loses one life. I'll give you two guesses. Of why this is scary? Yes. One. Um, Dockside Extortionist. Bingo. But listen, <laughs> it, it's a four mana card. Yeah, a four mana card that you can cast sooner with a dockside extortionist than you blink a dockside extortionist, or you kill it. And hey, did you know there's shit. things inside the game that stop players from sacrificing things? I I did not. You want to yeah. inform me and these other players that are worried about a two three bat that cost four? Yeah, 
It's a Tajuru Preserver. There's also Angel of Jubilation. You also have cards like Null Rod, Karn the Great Creator, anything that says artifacts can't do an ability because sacrificing a treasure, hey, guess what? That's an ability to get that done. It is. So Ooh, things that say don't sacrifice. So uh, whatever that big rhino is, the big the boar pig from Zendikar Rising. Yeah, can't sack things. Ilharg. Il, no, not no. Ilharg. Oh, sorry, the other one, the Celestia one. Zendikar Rising. Yes. Uh, ye, what's Yasharn. Yasharn. Yes. There. That's my problem I have right now with this. There. <laughs> this is the concern. Is common that. Well, let's also talk about the fact real quick. You're trying to tell me that people aren't upset about the fact that you have Blood Artists and Zulaport Cutthroat with Creature Sacrifice that does the same thing? This double dips with treasure tokens. Oh, my God. It double dips with treasure tokens. <laughs> you know, I remember sitting at a table and not hearing anyone complain about when I gave 10 poison counters to everybody because of some silly thing. Hey, hey, do you remember that who you're talking about right now? Magic the Gathering players. Babies. Babies. We're talking about the babies. We're of talking magic. about Magic the Gathering. Anyways, players. fine. I'll let you. And just because it's like. I'll, I'll let. Not you in the sense of you. I'll let yes. you as the players tell me that this card is super scary, even though it's one out of 99 cards. I mean, honestly, compare this to something that was like Hullbreaker or Hullbreacher. Or, you know, yeah. what was the other card that was recently brought up um, that they said that they were going to keep an eye out for? I have no idea. I don't. Doc, I don't Doc, follow it because I just don't care enough. Dockside was one and stuff, and they left Dockside in because they're like, it, it's it's doing its thing. It's it's fine and stuff. So it's it, like, if it's they not think, breaking a fucking game, so it's fine. I mean, a smothering tithe doesn't break the game. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Me. There's a lot of cards that break the fucking game. Yeah, yeah. This with smothering tithe as well. So that's uh, Merkwood bats. What <sighs> commander players are kind of in a upset Listen, about? Flustered. I think I think they just need to put their pants on and be an adult. Okay. Orcish Bowmaster, another black card from Lord of the Rings here. Black one, one one, orc archer, flash. It can block. Ooh, it's a one one. <laughs> but no, it, it, it keeps going on. When Orcish Bowmaster <laughs> enters the battlefield, or whenever an opponent draws a card, and it's end, it's not or. I did say end. No, you said or. Oh, did I? Yeah. Enters the battlefield. Whatever. I'm, I'm and just being stupid. I'm whenever an opponent draws. A card, except for the first one, they draw in each of their draw steps. Orcish Bowmaster deals one damage to any target, then a mass one. A mass orcs one. A mass orcs one, yes. A mass orcs one. Yeah. That does uh, matter. Yeah. So uh, I'll give you two guesses. Nekazar? I'm, I'm just kidding. It's actually like, it's probably wheels. Just wheels in general. Yeah. A- any kind of drawing, because like this like this falls into the same category. Like the hull breacher problem? The hull... <laughs> Hull Breacher adjacent, I guess. Okay, but, but this like is, this Notion is... Thief, Hull Breacher. Well, uh, they they uh, didn't they didn't ban Notion Thief. I mean, I mean, this is this isn't stopping their draws. No- yeah, they're not stopping the draws. This is a psychosis crawler. Yeah, it's a cheap psychosis crawler, and a technically, you could kill you could kill it off before it even's a problem. Like. It, <laughs> Well, I think one uh, there's another thing that goes along with Orcish Bowmaster right now is that legacy players are brewing around this, and there's a pretty intense... But legacy has nothing to do with Commander. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> but we got, uh, you know, th- Thoracle Combo in Commander after Legacy. Yeah. And all that shit. Well, people like competitive shit. Yeah. And so... Like, that's how that's, it goes. That's the thing. It's like CEDH, which is, just make it clear, not what the rules committee... 
for Commander. No, it's not aims to do anything about. No, that that is a reason why it's a separate thing that people like to play. Yeah, and a, a lot a lot and, of the times, remember, and of course the random the 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 randomness that we always bring up about Rule Zero. Yeah, as exactly that's yeah, the sorry. words exactly. I know. Was I stole right out of your mouth. Just right out of my I, mouth. I, uh, Orcish longbow. I I uh, I hull breachered away your draw step. I'm sorry. So yeah, I notion thieved it away. So like knowing that they got their eyes on these cards, it's just I don't know. I, honestly, I don't think anything's gonna happen as soon as this is gonna be one of those instances where it's like, oh my god, those cards are gonna be bad. When they get in players' hands, it's not gonna make an impact. Like no, it's not. I look at Orcish Bowmaster and I'm like, yes, I want to wheel and deal with this shit with my Nekusari deck. Yeah, it optimizes that. That's the whole point of it. Just, like, but it's just like fun. as a piece in black x deck of where it's like oh my opponent is drawing a bunch of cards my opponent decides to brainstorm my opponent decides to blue sun zenith and i can get him i can get I mean, him and realistically their board and make a big big the biggest thing too with this though is like this is a good card to have for these anti like competitive control decks that people make why why not or just in general like a lot of your generalized over excessive draw effects in cards like this is a good thing to have this, but the reality, though, too, is like this is also it's only one damage per card. Just because somebody wheels, that doesn't mean you killed somebody. Oh, like, I, I can attest. I can agree I mean, with this. I've done this many a times. Yeah, I wheel. Nobody dies. Yep. If I just have like a Nekuzar out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it goes back to what we talk about with your, your Nekuzar. You know, like if you want to tame strike this and kill everybody that way, that's fine. It deals damage. Yeah, it does. So just like Nekuzar, yeah, it's hidden. It's hidden damage that you can do with that. But like I said before, once again, that is how many cards you have to find a way to put together to get to that point. Like that's, it's just not. A... I see this falling in the same category of like opposition agents. Like that was a card that people said was going to whoop the format. And it didn't. And it didn't. It's a great card. It's a great card. It's a great card in Legacy. People love it there too. Yeah, I but, think but it's, it's still not, it's not it's as. going to be in that. Impactful. That pantheon of yeah. it's going to be next to yeah, but like I said though, like the, the whole thing of like the only way this gets really scary is like if you have a way to give it infect and you can just kill someone outright. But that's but, infect. But that's how hard is that to do though? Even when you're a non-infect deck, even I mean you can't test that with Nekuzar mm-hmm. when you try to do it. Like how hard is it to actually set that up? Sometimes it is because you got to have the tainted strike in hand. You got to make sure that you wheel them for the ten and stuff. Like exact make amount. sure they're like gonna you have get to that. get that. Because if you don't do that, you're dead the next turn. If you hit yeah. them for, if you wheel, if you tainted strike a Nekusar and then wheel of fortune, and they're all at seven, yeah, you're not living that next round of the table. Nope. They're gonna kick your ass out of the fucking game. That's how that works. You're dead. And the other part too is if you're not doing that, the amount of damage, how much life gain exists inside of Commander Two? That is true. Why you're not losing your draw? You're you're able to gain life. I mean, like. Sorry, I'm going on my little anger point of like commander. Like I've always been this way about commanders. Like I understand that they made a ban list. My problem I have though is I don't agree in the fact that you look at a game that or you look at a format designed on the basis of fun and it has to be something that's not in a sanctioned format. Like, why does it matter? Don't make me point at the sign again. <laughs> that first paragraph there. <laughs> I know. Anyways, I gave up. Speaking of giving up, 
Never gonna give nothing. you up. Never gonna give you down. The, the super popular mobile match the pieces puzzle game, Puzzles and Dragons, is partnering back up with Wizards of the Coast for a nerdy crossover of intricate proportions. From now until July 3rd, planeswalkers such as Urza, Mishra, and Renin 7 can be played in Puzzles and Dragons. There are also five special event dungeons to play these decks in to reduce your opponent's life total to zero. These dungeons are Dungeon, Coliseum, Title Challenge, Elishnorn Descended, and a multiplayer Coliseum. There will be limited medals to collect and special bundles to purchase during this event. If you're a Puzzles and Dragons player, let us know what your thoughts are on this. Have you played Puzzles and Dragons? No. I have not played Puzzles and Dragons, and I haven't played the other thing for a little while. No, have I? Or uh, spell, spell Slingers? Yeah. I play Spell Slingers kind of like every other day. I maybe have played it like twice in the last three weeks. Fair enough. I'm just, I'm, listen, I'm just waiting for them to add Tezzeret. Once they add Tezzeret, I'll probably jump back on. You'll see me on there every fucking day. And I'll just be climbing the ladder above you and everyone else really fast. And you'll just be like, Jesus, get a life, <laughs> nerd. Side note real quick. Wade, if you're still there, you got to hit me up here on which Infinity Land you want. <laughs> yeah, you are a little bit late on getting that done. So please, please tell us. And also, uh, happy Father Day, Father's Day. Pa- uh, uh, That's no. for me. I'm Sugar Papa. The, the, you're Sugar Papa. I'm the Magic Sugar Papa because him and him and him and uh, Noah always borrow, borrow stuff from me all the time. Ah, so I'm always the Sugar Daddy for them. Happy Father's Day, Sugar Papa. I know, thanks. <laughs> it's a uh, it's nice owning stuff, so you can borrow it to your best friends. Watery Grave. Decided. Ooh, that's a good choice. That's, that's a good choice. Pick too. Okay, that'll be coming getting into your hands within the next week. Then. All right, should we talk about this last piece really quick and get it over with? Yeah, I guess for how much we got to talk on it, you know. You only have, it says, $2 million bounty. All right, so the big thing is, like we were teasing before, <laughs> last week, not even a day had passed, not even 12 hours had passed, barely four, and all of a sudden, the $1 million bounty got thrown out the window, and now we got ourselves... A two million euro bounty or two point one mil. Two point one mil US. So bounty for the ring, and it comes from a store out in Spain, which is called Grimio de Dragonis. Try try it with a uh accent. I don't, I don't Spanish have Spanish accent. I do not have a Spanish accent. Roll those R's. I am literally a northerner from the northern part of Europe, so I don't think I can do that. I can roll an R. I can't say, oh, man, you're making me think about it. You just, you start telling, I'll think about how to say this, okay? Okay, so uh, essentially this L- uh, LGS, Grimo de, uh, de Grimo de Dragonas. Is that good for you? Yes. There, they I did it. They said that they're, they're, they're putting their hat into the ring here. They are offering putting 2 million ring, euros and a full expense paid trip to their, uh, their hometown of Valenciana. Ooh, Valenciana. Valencia, Valencia, not Valencia. Valencia. Valenciana is a yeah handbag thing, right? Yeah, Valencia, Valencia, get... Spain. So I don't know. There's not like a lot to add to this outside of that. Like I mean, the the, the, the numbers the, have been upped. The only point, okay. So the bigger thing is, um, yeah, like like we talked about before, 
this is just going to keep rising in price. This is going to keep getting crazier until this thing is found. I mean, it also goes back to the idea of the what does a person do with it? Um, Matt, if you could put it in the in the notes too for that YouTube video from Kenobi, I feel like that's a really important thing people should watch because it's something like there has to be a thought process going through people's minds. So even that's listened to our podcast, it's you should think about it. Money. It's on both levels of do you keep it to grade and sell then for auction in private areas? Do you try to do it yourself? How do you get it to where you want to go? Like Kenobi does a great job with that. I I, I highly recommend it for anybody to watch that so you get a good idea because it's something that I have been thinking about since day one of the announcement of this card. Like what the fuck do you do? Because we all... You're wasting too much energy just thinking about that. Oh you just, just, just ride can't. along and let other people make the decisions, and then we just I talk can't. about this it on just, the podcast. This drives me nuts, okay? My OCD kicks in. I can't let it go. It, it happens. It doesn't matter. It does matter. To this, who? This has, this has effective waves in the bigger picture of the Magic community, okay? I'm sorry. Should we talk about some of the waves that have happened in the Magic community? Like, we'll start with this one. Of a Black Lotus yeah. that has been, like, usurped as currently the uh, ethereal highest yeah the ethereal high point of magic could ever be for a single card yes because that's back in march was retailed or auctioned for five hundred and eleven thousand dollars and this is a uh, mint alpha mint alpha yeah psa 10 alpha right or is this the other one that we're looking at uh does not say. Oh, here we go. Uh, uh-huh. 2021 eBay auctions. Oh, this was a couple of years ago. I think it went up to 140, or 540000 It was uh, sold at yeah. another point. Uh, but this is a very special alpha version of the card because it it's autof- autographed by Christopher Rush. Yeah, this was the this was the, the, the PSA 10 that he signed, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And then there's also the artist proof one, like that Post Malone has. Yeah, and that, that one he's is... that he said he spent 800k on. Yes, which I mean, still though, like that's not even a real card to play with, and like we're it's still above that. It's above an artist proof. What we it's currently what people are willing to pay. No one's bought it yet. I know. I'm just no saying though, like yet. that's but that's insane. Like, but someone will buy it though. Like, well, well, we're, currently we got like uh, Grimal de Dungeons Dragons. Grimal de the Grounds. Draganis. That. Grimo de Draganis. They are offering $2 million. And we don't know for sure if that's really going to happen or not. But that's the whole thing. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But if you scroll up, you're going to, like we talked about too, the the baseball card. Oh, that's scrolling down. So, uh, oh, that's scrolling down. So, sorry. I want to talk about some of the most expensive cards to date in, in TCG player stuff. In all card games yeah. and stuff. TCG so, player stuff. Yes. So we just talked about Black Lotus. Talked about Black Lotus. 511, which, if I'm not mistaken, is like 540,000 now. Yeah. It's most recent auction. We talked about the artist proof that isn't uh, even a part of this, but that's yep. still out there. It's just because I think it's because that was like private auction and these are all public auctions. Yes. Yeah. So, I think is how. That's fine. Public auctions. That's, that's, I mean, it's just the craziness of it. We have a Yu-Gi-Oh 2001 Asia Championship Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, which sold for $335,000. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a cardboard card. Now, you remember, currently people are offering a million, two million dollars. Ready to see the next card? Hell yeah. We have a soccer, I apologize for this brutal name here, Alifabol gets Pele rookie card. 
It's a soccer card. Graded. Gem Mint 9 from PSA. $1.3 million. Yeah. And currently, the the single offer from Grimo. Yeah. I'm pointing at you to see. You want me to say the whole thing? Say, say the whole every thing. Every time? So, every time. Grimo de Dragones. They are offering two mil. So it's more than this soccer card. 2.1 mil. 2.1 USD. Yes, we're going to say 2.1 2. USD. USD. 2 mil euro. Yes. We're gonna, for the sake of the rest of this article, talking 2.1 USD is what we're saying. There's a football card, a Patrick Mahomes 2 rookie card that sold for $4.3 million. Hey, that's more on the auction level. We haven't seen the run ring level auction yet. Yeah, and this was... Or graded. And this was... It's an... 8.5 graded from Beckett's. Yeah. For Here, 4.3. Here's a side question, okay? Here's a real side question to this. Like, let's say someone pulls that card. Is there really anything that doesn't stop? Like, I mean, if you if you put in a sleeve right away and triple sleeve it and put in a package, okay? So it's protected, right? Okay. Straight from the pack. Yes. Is there any way it's not automatically a mint 10? Like it literally is out of the pack into the stuff. Because this is only one of one. There's no other comparison of things. Like, you can't do anything else. Like, I know there's, like, the roster of they can go through all the different things. But realistically, how does that card not just be an automatic 10 if that's what you did? Because it has imperfections. If, if like, the sides are just, like, a millimeter off on, like, their bordering and stuff, that's just going to grade it down. Because they can use the whole card length to be, like, okay. this text on this side is... 0.003 mils from the side, and this one is 0.004. Realistically, mils. this card could literally get a terrible gr- grading. Yes, of like there a could be one. surface scratches. The fact, remember, was handled by hands before put into a pack. We saw the video of the white gloved hand. I know, but who really shit cares at this point? Shit could have happened. Point is, the point still stands though. This thing could have like a 0.13 and still be worth more than this card. Yes, that's what scares. That's Patrick, a scary thought. Patrick Mahoon's two rookie card, 4.3 mil. Ready yeah. for the next one? Because how many of those existed? Um, let's see. As the most coveted of many football collectors, this card itself features Mahoon's signature as well as a, photog- or a photograph of him in his uniform as Kansas City. It doesn't say uh, a number, and his title grows so too of the value. doesn't okay. say how many well, of those. I mean, it, realistically, it's the only one, of course, that's of all this and signed and everything. But yeah. The next one, yeah. we do have numbers on of how many of this card is. Oh, and that is a Pokemon Illustrator Pikachu. Ooh, Pikachu. That sold for $5.2 million. Yeah. And this is a trainer card with Pikachu and uh, with artist tools. Yeah, he's just going to paint, man. So this, uh, n- no card has come close to this uh, than the Illustrator Pikachu due to the scarce number available and the unexpected price hikes. So this is where we got some numbers of how many of this Illustrator Pikachu are out. Yep. 41 are known to exist. 39 issued to winners of the competitions and two in the personal collection of the card game's co-creators. So in previous years, copies have sold for uh, 195000 to 900000 but a recent sale has yeah. blown the previous transactions out of the water. In July. And again, July 2021. I feel like this is where the article is getting a lot of their stuff is from... 2021 well and that's also during the covid time yeah. when we had a big a big switch up where people with money realized like the value of collector stuff yes which and that's okay it's it's good for the community it's good for 
the progression of more money to be put back into the concept of valuing your stuff instead of it being like, I got a pack of cards and I don't really care what happens to them. Yes. So, yeah, there's the Pikachu card, 5.2 mil. Yeah. Next up, we have Stephen Curry rookie card, basketball, basketball. for $5.9 million. Is that, and what grading is that? That is a mint eight Ooh. from PSA. Once again, like I said, card could be at a, could be at two. Still worth more than this. You don't know. Yep. And now here's the card that you're excited for. Yes. This the, is the big one. The Ricky Mantle. Mickey Mantle Mickey rookie Mantle. card. Mickey Mantle. Ricky which card. is still, at this moment in time, and until the one ring and everything else comes to be the end of it all. Last sold August 2022. Yep. For $12.6 That is nothing to bat an eye at. That is ridiculous. And this one also doesn't say, like, the number of this kind of cards. Well, let's be honest. It's Binky Mantle. There's not a lot of these cards that exist anymore anyways. Yeah, I don't know the, the gist of it. This, and this is also, this is actually a grade 10, isn't it? Can you see yes. It? Yeah. This is, this is perfection of a card from that era. So, I mean, like, this is huge. So, uh, Mickey Mantle card first appeared right when kids' interest in collecting sports cards shifted over from football cards instead, leaving the newest wave of baseball cards thrown out when nobody would purchase them, is the thing. So, yep, out with the old, in with the new. Yep. What, what happens? Things get trashed and get smaller in quantity. 1952 version, the 1952 card was sold by an anonymous buyer for 12.6 mil. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, that's the echelon of prices for a auctioned card public auctioned um yeah i mean like like i said we are just we are just hitting the crest of this wave right now like we haven't even i actually i'll be honest i don't even think we even hit the crest of this wave we're just hitting like the the rumblings of the wave coming into the shoreline right now like it's we, we just don't. feel it and see it we don't know we don't know how big it is we don't this is like, one of those things it it, it it could be a nothing burger too because you know could be sitting in someone's collection that they're not going to be opening up boxes. A kid could have opened it and they and just didn't realize what it, it was. And didn't know, yeah. I feel like the trashing it is going to be a thing. I feel like a lot of kids, like if a kid is like looking at something, they're De- like, oh, this looks so depending cool. Like, on they're the going to look. They're well, yeah, they're going to gonna, look. they're going to touch and look. What did you do as a kid when you opened a cool Pokemon oh, card? Okay, aside from the touching and stuff, like yeah, touching the card, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I'm just saying, like they're going to find out this card is going to be worth something. Well, they specifically. Okay, if a kid so opens it. so the age we're, range we're getting in a world of hypotheticals, and we have a I short know. time. We don't have a short time. We'll have a quick time. <laughs> Let's move on to the next bit. We've covered we've covered the one of one ring, and I guarantee you, dear listener, we're we going to be talking. We will continue covering this until they're, it's found. They're, they're, yeah, there's going to be so much more one of one ring. Let's I, see how many weeks. We I can, will never let this go. Let's see how many weeks we can talk about the one of one so, ring. We're on week four, probably. I know for sure the last three weeks we talked about it. Four or five? Yeah. You think? Yeah, because before we're Cassius, get, okay. before Cassius Marsh, so we're gonna get a record count, the hundred k. We gotta work on getting a record count. And then there's the Cassius Marsh five hundred k. Yep. And then the one mil, and, and now we're at the two, two mil. mil. So and I don't know if we talked about it before Cassius Marsh. I no, think before, we no before the because Cassius Marsh was the one. No, we we did the, talk about it before because we we brought up an article that was uh, uh, the dude the the from Minnesota the gaming company that offered like ten k. Oh, yeah, there's that. Oh, We've, and also we talked about the one from New Zealand as well. Yep. But that wasn't consecutive. Yeah. Not consecutive. That one was so, a while ago. So we'll but, say five. 
Let's just we'll we'll just put in five, five weeks for five row. weeks in a row of talking about the One Ring, and knowing me, I'm not going to let this go because I can't because this is crazy, and uh, yeah. So we're going to continue on our lives and let this go for right now. Let's do a crash course through this one and speed. Round. We're going to speed round the conjure currency for Matt. All right, so we are moving on to the weekly winners at the conjure currency that you can find at mtgstocks.com. One of the greatest sites if you want to know things about cards going up price, cards going down price. They also have the Penny Pincher Saver, uh, Penny Pinchers. Oh my God, I'm so fucking tired. Words are bad. How about you just, like, you don't have to speak fast. We just can't side tangents. No side tangents. Anyways, they got all the great articles. I'm too tired to even care right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, they have a lot of great articles. Read them. They're great. Like Matt said, his favorite is the Penny Pinchers. That's a good one. And then the historical one or whatever. I like the historical ones a lot too. Jason Alt's writing. He's always a good writer. Yeah. So. And we also talked about last game in the cast. Side tangent. He had the bomb. Tom the bomb. Bombadil. Uh, yep. He had Read that bomb. one. It's really good. Goose one as it's well. really good. Um, all right. So we're starting it off. We have Adeline Resplendent Cathar, which is up 31% at $9. Oh, oh boy. We uh, just can't compute that one ring, you know. <laughs> Nine bucks. This is chump change now. Chump change. Fucking Anthony's just sitting there, monocle in his eyes, like, who, what plebeians want this card? Uh, yeah, so this card also has had a few printings from Innistrad Double Feature, Innistrad Midnight Hunt, Innistrad Midnight Hunt Extra Stuff, pre-release cards, and other promo pack stuff. Uh, the average price, as of today, is $9.80. Market price Eight dollars sixty-eight cents. Reminder: Market is buying, average is selling. Hey, I got it. You got it this time. I'm so proud of myself. Uh, the low price is five forty-two, and European average is nine euros and thirty cents. Okay, it's kind of weird. That's a little bit higher. Yeah, typically we see it the other. You know, like must be Euro, a Euro. must be a shorter number of cards. Well, I think the thing is in Europe, you know, Pioneer is big there, and you're going to ask me what format, so I'm yep. going to jump the gun. But oh. just 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 to throw it out there quick. This is also the from the uh, commander deck for March Machines. Does it have an old border then? No, no, March no. no. This this came out of Midnight Hunt originally, but they yeah. they put this in one of the commander decks for the Night deck out of March Machines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in there with the Plane Chase. Yeah, that that's the one that's gone up to nine bucks. Um, I'm just telling you. So, okay, what is the format, Matt? Pioneer. Yeah, it's Pioneer. I mean, the the modern white aggressive decks are moving yeah, up in price. Like, we're, like I was mentioning at the beginning uh, before we started recording with Casey on, you know, like yeah. control decks are finding their place in Pioneer right now uh, because, you know, the meta is getting d- determined. And what is the deck that beats control decks? White Weenies. Agro. 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 And, and the white, white Weenies. Yes, is, this is, this, like you said, it's a Pioneer. It's based on the new white Weenie builds that are using... Uh, Basically, the invasion of Gobacon. The taxing one. The taxing one, yep. And also, there's the Copper Coat Vanguard, which came out of Aftermath. That's really big right now. That gives gives each of the other humans plus one, plus zero, and has ward. Yes. And it's a two-two for two. It's a really cool bear, but it's not a bear. It's human. But yeah, so that's the whole thing. The other part they say, too, is like, uh, interestingly, we also saw Kithian Hero of Akros print from the From Cute to Brute go up. 
41 percent, so it's up to 750 i mean it's a it's a flavor thing of swagging your deck out so that's why but yeah yeah, it's a pioneer so that's pretty much what it is like i said um moving on to the next one number two historian's boon out of the dominaria united commander decks 32 percent four dollars and 34 cents god damn this uh expensive card I know, right? Um, how how will you ever financially recover? I don't know. But yes, there's only one printing, um, which comes out of the uh, deck itself. And of course, you can get, I'm pretty sure there's... Are there EAs? Uh, it shows... Yeah, there's extended. Okay. There's one extended that you can get out of the set boosters. Uh, but anyways, your average price, $4. Market price is $3.95. Foils are $7.99. European average is one dollar or one euro and thirty five cents. There we go. The low price right now, as of today, forty one cents. So those are all the prices as of today. What does the card do? I mean, it's a card. It does things. This one I can't think of off the top. Of I my know head. it's a saga one. Historian's uh, boon three in a white enchantment. Whenever historian's boon or another non token enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, create a one one white soldier creature token. But it gets better. Whenever the final chapter ability of Saga you control triggers, create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. Matt, why is this moving up? What format? EDH, more specifically, because of Tom Bombadil. You fucking right. Tom the Bomb Bombadil, the new new five-color Saga commander. People are hyper. Um, this, this is also like on one of our uh, ones we talked about a couple weeks ago. I remember this because it was the hype of Tom coming. Guess what? It drove itself up again, and I'm pretty sure the price went down a little bit too, though, because I think people realize like sagas are still just a thing. Sagas are just sagas still. Yeah, <laughs> they're nothing to write home about. They're they're, they're cool. It, this this like I'll be building thing. one. I did pull a foil uh, ring treatment Tom Bombadil, so I'm building one of those motherfuckers. I think the saga deck is probably going to go the same way as the Goshinta Shrines kind of thing. Yeah, it has a big hype, big wave because yep. there's just so much things that deal with that the fact that there's now more like counters matter cards that are going to be made like yeah whatever adelaide no tom bombadil's wife that moves goldberry goldberry the nymph the nymph she's a blue card she is she's cool she moves counters she moves counters uh other things move counters fine i mean let's be honest there's a lot of cards that were pretty hyped up because of uh the invasions that showed up so i mean the counter stuff is there Yes. There's things to do. So, anyways. Tom Bonvidel moved that card up. Tommy, you did it. Next one. Number three. Am I going to get stumped with this one? Uh, you might. Oh. Uh, Kedrick Parasite. It is up 15%. <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> $8.71. It is a one black, one one horror creature. Whenever an opponent draws a card, if you control a red permanent, you may have Kedrick Parasite deal one damage to that player. Is it from Shattermore or Eventide? Nope. This is from Conflux. Oh. From the original Shards of Alara block that Dang. you didn't play during. I did not. I did. I have this card, though. I bet you do, because it's a good horror card. Uh, prices. And also to note, too, this only had one other printing, which is from the list. The list. The list. Matt's favorite thing in the world. Um, yeah. Low price, $6.40. Average price, $9.37. $37. Market price was eight forty four. Foils were twenty one seventy eight. European average is three euros forty six cents. How much are the foils? Twenty one forty six. I mean, of older cards, they're important. I, I had I had a foil 
and I bought it for stupid cheap. Do you still have that foil? Yes, probably. Good man. Okay, read what the card does. I remember the card did. I told you in the beginning before I even got to that part because you wanted me to move faster. But I'll read it again. It's one black mana for a 1-1 horror. I don't think you read the text. Yes, I did. I read all this. Okay. We can fact check this after the recording is done. I did. But I'm reading it again for you, okay, because you forgot. You're too sweet. Whenever an opponent draws a card, if you control red permanent, you may have Keterick Parasite do one damage to that player. Here's also the flavor text for you, Matt, because I don't know if you heard this before either. Oh, no, no. Give it to me. When the smell of passing thoughts picks its hunger, its maws become primed with acid and a taste of four brains. I really felt like I was in the world of Alara there. Yeah, you might have over in Grixis land. So what does the card do? I'm going to fuck you up one of these days. Okay, so I got two guesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb on this one for my first guess, and I'm gonna say it's because of that legacy deck that it's moving up. But I will be fine knowing the fact that it's because of Commander and the or- Orcish Bowmaster. So, like I was mentioning earlier, or- Orcish Bowmaster had a legacy deck. Yeah, I think Kedrick's Parasite goes with that deck in the legacy deck. But if it doesn't, the Commander deck. But my guess is legacy. No, it's Commander. <sighs> <laughs> It's Commander because, I mean, you're on the right track because Bowmaster's a part of this too. Yep. Obnob. Good old Obnob, the captive kingpin. Yep. In Commander. This is why. Yep. Because it deals damage and it, single damage. He does the you plus, draw cards. Yep. Plus one counter and everything. So, um, yeah, it just, it keeps the, it keeps, it keeps it going. That's the whole thing. Um, and it's cheap. It's a single black mana. Yeah. Single black mana. Bowmaster's is two mana. Old Abby, he's uh two one black red. So that curve is beautiful. Or even if you want to, turn seven, drop, 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 drop. Yeah, be that magic player. You can do it. Uh but yeah. Uh a little thing at the end here. Uh seems to be another reason for, of course, the parasite going up, which is Oakish Bowmasters. Similar ability, dealing damage whenever an opponent draws a card, also nets you a orc army, which is nice. And it fits in the same deck with Obnixilus. It seems to spark extra interest into this deck and the strategy, moving the price up, which also keep in mind that Bowmasters is currently selling for just the regular version at $25. Jesus, fuck. Yeah. Jesus, fuck. I pulled the regular one and two foil extended art ones. How much are the foil extended arts? Uh, I will tell you. That card is phenomenal. And again, like I said, when I saw Orcish Bowmaster, I'm like, oh, this is going in my Nekusar deck. The fact that... It has caused a tizzy in the CEDH community or and also like the legacy community of being like, oh, this is going to be a strong deck and stuff. It's like, oh, well, that's unfortunate for, you know, like a casual pleb like me that just wants to play cheap cards that fit in my Nekusar deck. Low price of $22.86. Average price is $27.32. Market price is $24.95. Foils of the regular one is $28.08. European average is €26.58. And then you're looking at for the extended version. Yep. Um, come on, just give me the fucking card here. Professional uh, podcaster here. I know. My phone, it's a phone. It's <laughs> not my computer. It's going to be as fast. Don't worry. Uh, I just got to give you a shit. Your, your special version that you can get, thirty three ninety nine for the low as right now. Average price, 35 Market price, twenty seven sixty one. Foils of this is thirty six ninety nine. European average is 33 euros and 23 cents. It's 
Averaging, it's like 35 bucks. Yeah, that's not. So 25 for the regular, 35 for the other version. That's what you foil. expect for that kind of. Yeah. So it's pretty good. Um, moving on quickly to the cheap pickups and getting this over with because we got a time crunch here. We have uh, Cutting Rhetoric out of the uh, Strixhaven Commander deck stuff is moving up from $499. Uh, this is something that was mentioned in the MTG Premium Penny Stocks, featured as a card that has reached its bottom and is starting to move up on a consistent trend. Uh, it is two in a black enchantment. Whatever an opponent attacks you and or one or more Planeswalkers you control, exile the top card of that player's library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. Next we have is Silverback Elder out of Dominaria United, 697, slowly moving down. And then we have, uh, oh, we probably should talk about that too. Yeah, sorry. I, I always think sometimes certain cards like we talk about all the time, so of course I know it, but yeah, they don't know it as listeners sometimes. Oh, so Silverback Elder. Silverback Elder, two green, 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 five, seven, ape shaman. Uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, choose one of the following. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may put a land card from among them onto the battlefield tap, put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order, or you gain four life advantage in certain ways. Yeah. And then your classic Sarkon Vol. Sarkon Vol. Moving slowly down down from $5.76. This is the one out of Modern Masters 2. I don't remember for sure the symbols, but it's out of a Modern Masters 1. Uh, your classic Sarkon Vol, which is 2, red, green. Planeswalker Sarkon for loyalty, plus 1. Creatures control get plus 1, plus 1, and gain haste until end of turn. Minus 2, gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. Minus six, put five, four, four red dragon creature tokens of flying onto the battlefield. It's good. Yeah, still good. Good for dragon decks. Should run it. Noted. So, and that's the kind of currency, Matt. You know, one thing to do with those good dragon cards and you want to pick some up. What do I do? You go over to tcgsniper.com. Fuck yeah. It's a price tracking website where you get to enter in cards or products. You can put in sealed products as well. Yeah. And uh, get notified if they move up or pr- up or down in price. It's really cool. Hey, they're free version. What happens if you mention that we sent them over there? You get three months free of their plus program, which Holy gives you unlimited Christ. cards. Oh my god! But if you don't pay for their, like, if you don't want the uh, plus program, signing up is still you know free to do. Yeah, and you get fifteen cards. Yeah. 50. 15. 15. 15. 15. 15 cards. Yep, which is still a good deal. So go yeah. check them out. Say that we sent you. Try out the premium for three months. You don't want to do it anymore. Go back to normal. Not a big deal. And there you have it, Magic Folk. We made it to the end. We made it to the end. We did not beat last week's record time. <sighs> we're, we're, we're longer. How much? How much, Matt? How much did I fuck this up? At least by five minutes. We'll see by the time when it gets edited, the final <sighs> time. I think we're close. Well, thank you. Legendary Magic Folk for making it to the end of episode 192. Oh my god, is it 192 of this week in MTG? Thank you to our Patreons who think that the content that you just listened to is worth supporting. Oh, thank god it is 192. It is 192. <laughs> uh, I did bad with notes this week and I didn't have the, the titles and stuff. Hey, Father's Day is a busy weekend. We had some stuff to do, okay? Yes. Uh, Thank you, Patreons. Thank you, J-Dubs, uh, for supporting us. If you're looking for anything magic-related, go check them out. Now, Anthony, you got anything else you want to add to the end of this podcast? 
I will try to do better not to go on side tangents about the one on one ring. I mean, it's inevitable. I'm going to try to do better to not do it. How many times? It's like, I don't know. You're going to get to a point where it's just beating a dead horse. And, you know, that. Listen, these two are going to be back next week. I have to do better now. <laughs> I don't have an excuse not to be out, be out of control anymore. And with that magic folk, we will catch you next time. See you later. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much!